I'm Ryan. Welcome to the show, MajorLeagueAholes.com. Um, lot to go over this week. We've got some draft talk. We've got the shit show, the perpetual shit show between millionaires and billionaires. Uh, we've got a 30 for 30 special coming up this weekend that involves the Cubs, which is going to be very interesting. And um, we've also got a new segment we want to debut this week. We'll see how that works. Uh, shit we couldn't make up. I like that. We, we just, couldn't make up. We, we just made that up. up. We made that title up about 10 seconds ago, so I like that. Um, and then we'll end the show with a very special asshole of the week. Oh, very special. And I will reveal the cliffhanger from uh, last week about the rickshaw at the very gotta end. Have a, so gotta so have you, a cliffhanger. Gotta, you guys got you guys got to stay tuned this entire program to get that. Or you can wait till we till Smitty chunks it up. So yeah, either well, way, your we'll, call. We'll see how that works. Um, so yeah, let's let's jump into the news. Now here's the news. It's the news. The big news. Oh fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball. Draft recap. Kick, kick it off. You had the number one pick, buddy. Yeah, the, the Tigers had the number one pick for the second time in three years. Uh, we took the best pitcher in the country two years ago in Casey Mize, and now we picked the best hitter in the country in Spencer Torkelson. There's been a lot of talk in Detroit the last couple of days of what his nickname is because on his Twitter feed and apparently his mom has called him Spency his whole life, which is not the best nickname I could think of, especially when the obvious nickname is Torque. He just got drafted by the Motor City. He's got Torque. It's just perfect. So I think we've yeah. got Torque. Don't don't, uh, uh, don't they normally don't don't coaches or managers normally when they talk about a player add an e to the end though so yeah. would it be Torky? Torky? Be, Torky had a really good game out there today. I don't know. Anyway, I hope not. God Sorry. no. <laughs> uh, so while the pick wasn't surprising at all, uh, we had talked about it for a couple of weeks uh, that it was going to be Spencer Torkelson. The whole world did. There was some thought that maybe uh, Austin Martin or a pitcher. I heard late AC Asa Lacey. I think he went third overall. Was an, a pitcher that was rumored that the Tigers might go after, but yeah, they went after the expected uh, power bat of Spencer Torkelson, which I fully endorse. Um, seems like a great guy, but it fits it fits their system perfectly. Yeah. Um, what was surprising is that great. Rob Manfred announced him as a third baseman, which was. Strange because I've only heard of him as ever playing first base. Uh, there were some rumors or thought that they were going to try and play him in left field, possibly just to give him a little more versatility. And I don't see why that wouldn't be possible. But I hadn't, I hadn't heard any place anyone mentioned third base, and apparently it was a surprise even to Torque. Uh, in interview in subsequent interviews, he that was the first time he ever heard third base mentioned was when Rob Manford said it when he called his name to be picked. So, <laughs> um, I don't really know what's going on there other than hell, I mean, try it out, it would definitely give him some more versatility and value if he can play third. But it's just strange that that's never been mentioned before until the actual draft pick. So the yeah, other... I know you you had missed it, but I did see that interview with El Vila, and he said that you know the scouts had 
I guess just with the way he feels at first and his arm strength, they thought he had the versatility to be a third baseman too. So, I mean, it's just the thing that's weird about it is like, it doesn't really matter where you, what position you say someone's going to play when you draft them. So I don't, I don't totally understand that, but I do have a feeling. I do have a feeling that current Tigers third baseman Jamer Candelario probably spit out his beer when he heard <laughs> third base. But this guy's a first uh, baseman. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Uh, the other funny part about that is uh, in the fourth round, Alavila drafted Arizona State's current third baseman Gage Workman. So. Maybe he's covering his bases. Maybe he wasn't sure who the third baseman was with Arizona State. You know, he, he just got uh, well, confused. That's all debatable. So he needed to cover his bases and drafted both corners of Arizona State. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Gage Workman. That I mean, if if that's not a baseball name, I don't know what is. I mean, my goodness. you guys are cornering the market on baseball names. Base, yeah, yeah. Well, along those lines, you got lines, the Diggler. You got the well, Diggler, right? We're cornering the market on porn star names too, because in the second round. Uh, the Tigers picked catcher Dylan Dingler, uh, which is yeah. remarkably similar to Dirk Diggler from Boogie Nights. <laughs> Boogie Nights. That's to go with Buck Farmer in their bullpen, which I always thought sounded like Buck Naked, which is George Costanda's porn name. Uh, yes. So, yeah, we've quoted the market on on ridiculous names, I think. Um, the I, I, Actually, the more on the Dingler – uh, pick the only I, the only, the cool thing I saw is he was projected to be a first round catcher pick, and for the Tigers to get him in the second round is, is pretty good value, I'd say. But the the big problem with this, of course, is he is from the Ohio State University, which does not go over well in Detroit at all. And he took a lot of abuse, or the Tigers took a lot of abuse on Twitter for that, but. Hopefully he can work through that that adversity and adjust to life in Michigan and be a productive catcher for us for years to come. Uh, other than that, I don't I didn't know a whole lot about the the rest of their picks just because nobody knows that much about about the baseball draft uh, amateur players. Uh, one thing of note is that the Tigers did pick all position players, and that is something I'm not surprised by at all. We've talked about a little bit how they've loaded up on pitching. Uh, their, their, their whole system is full of top end pitching prospects and focusing on position players makes a lot of sense. So in that regard, I applaud Al Vila. Uh, he may or may not have been asleep at the wheel, but I think he, I think he, uh, co- that joke's old and tired. Yeah. <laughs> he covered his bases, another bad joke. <laughs> and I think, I think they're in good shape. I liked it. Yeah. Overall, it's a pretty good draft for the the Tigers there. Uh, switching gears, um, almost the anti Tiger draft. Mm-hmm. The Sox only drafted pitchers, um, and and much like the Tigers, they got what was projected to be a first round pick in the second round um, with Kelly. So in the first pick, they they took a fireballer. Um, Garrett Crochet, I was pretty happy with the pick. The Crochet, Crotchet. I didn't really Crotchet, Crochet, whatever. Crotchet Rocket, Crotchet Rocket, Crotchy. Hey, Crotchy, <laughs> Crotchy threw a gem out there today. Um, he uh, he throws ninety-seven to hundred. Uh, 
on during the show when i first initially saw his pitching style i thought it was a little bit like chris sale because it's a little bit of a sidearm motion yeah he's got a uh, similar build not nearly as thin but yeah you could see that yeah. you could see the comparison but then when uh mlb showed video he really actually has the same motion and release point as and as mad bum so mm. uh they showed it side by side so that was interesting he was the of course, if you really get dorky, which I did with Smitty through tax, he had the top RPM uh, rotations per minute in the in in, in the draft. So. Yeah, I think your entire tax was like twenty five eighty seven RPM. Like, yeah, is that is that is that good? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> so supposed anyway, to be impressed so, by this. So the 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 Sox went pitching there, and then they didn't think this was going to happen, but they got this Kelly kid out of. Uh, uh, who was listed as an NL MLB's list as the number 12 overall available pick. So yeah. like the Tigers, they really maximize their draft by getting two first round picks. Well, um, have you heard the reason why he dropped so far though? Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I was looking, uh, reading articles about him this morning. I didn't, I didn't see. Uh, well, it's signability The everyone passed on him because he's, uh, is he, Oh well, yeah. He said he 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 was he's committed to the University of Texas. Yeah. Um, so. but he alluded that um, he is very interested in actually joining the White Sox. In so maybe maybe comments. maybe other teams didn't get that assurance, and maybe Rick Hahn somehow did say, "Hey, yeah. we, we draft you. We're we're not wasting our time, are we?" I mean, there could there, and he and maybe he told I don't know. I mean, did he tell twenty nine other teams to fuck off, or and he only wanted to be a White Sox? That that'll be interesting to find out. But yeah, I know he does have a buddy on the White Sox. Um, really, who's in their farm system? Who he talked to, and uh, I can't recall the guy's name right down i did right now i didn't put it down in my notes but um he had said i would be great to pitch together someday so oh, that um, makes sense then Sometimes. that could that could be uh, a little bit of that but he did he did say he's still talking to his family and they're going to make a decision about this so there is that chance i do believe though uh and correct me if i'm not saying this totally correctly uh they, they there there was a rumor not rumor, there were stories circulating before the draft that some teams were purposely going to pick players they couldn't sign because if they don't get signed, then they get that same pick next year. Yeah. Did you read those articles? I've heard a little bit about that. There's so much subterfuge going on, you know, especially in the context of the of the big labor dispute um, and different ways that <laughs> the owners are may or may not be trying to fuck the players. Um, some of that could have been reckless speculation. Um, and just taking the, the side of players and just assuming owners are going to do some evil shit, which yeah. is not necessarily an unrealistic viewpoint to have. But I don't know that. I, I think there's, I don't know. I remember reading about that before the draft. So I haven't heard about that subsequently. If yeah. that, I heard that might be a strategy going in, but that, again, that could have been just, you know, taking the most negative negative spin you could possibly take right. on things so we'll, we'll have to see yeah. how that plays out yeah and i don't think the Sox picked him with that thought in mind i think the Sox, yeah. like holy the socks i mean they definitely like alluded like they were like holy shit i can't believe he's still here we're taking him so yeah um so yeah so and then they uh they shored up their you know pitching uh they just they just drafted all pitchers since they had only five picks to to try to cement uh 
uh, pitching going forward. Uh, they definitely don't shy away from that type of uh, draft strategy. They have they have drafted uh, some position players in top spots over the last few years. So uh, I guess this does kind of make sense. Courtney like Hawkins. Kind of like the the Tigers doing the role reversal after drafting um, uh, mostly pitchers the, the last few years. So um, I don't know. We'll see how it pans out. But I would say like both the Tigers and Sox maximize the first two rounds for sure of their uh, drafts. Uh, moving on to the Giants. Uh, uh, we had joked about uh, I joked about the Sox getting Patrick Bailey and how that could uh, affect the Giants pick who who already have a uh, much like the Sox and Zach Collins have a, 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 a top catcher prospect looming, but that didn't stop the Giants from drafting Giants who who really do need pitching drafted uh, Patrick Bailey, a switch hitting power hitter uh, out of NC State, I believe. His nickname is Patty Barrels, though. There's a funny little story there because he's the only player in NC State history. And I don't know how this uh, shakes out through the rest of the league to hit two home runs from both sides of the plate twice in the same season. And he also had four grand slams in um, uh, the same season. So they, uh, you know, he gets uh, runs in by the barrel. So hence the petty barrel nickname. Now the guy who I really find interesting that the Giants took with their second round pick is this guy, Casey Schmidt. They drafted him as a third baseman. That's what they say they're going to groom him as. But he also has uh, 23 saves in college so he's wow. a two-way player he possesses a fastball and a splitter combo um but he's said to have like just raw power uh in the in the in the i can't remember which league last summer he hit six home runs with a wooden bat they wanted to specify in this summer league so um hmm. They're going to groom him as a position player, but uh, they haven't ruled out him also pitching for them. So that could be an interesting developing story and more confusion for fantasy baseball uh, drafters. Mm. Um, Then they finally got to what they needed is pitching. So uh, they drafted a bunch of pitchers after that. So that's good. They need pitching. Um, They they drafted a mix of college and high school pitchers. I would say their draft went okay. I would have performed a higher. I would have preferred a higher level pitcher who might be on a quicker track to the majors with uh, based on their current farm system. But I thought their draft went okay. Well, that leads to the Cubs draft, which I think is at least their first pick is one of the more interesting picks in all of the draft, certainly in Chicago Uh, shortstop Ed Howard at number 16, who was rumored to be going to the white Sox for good reason um, because he came up through their ACE community system. um, Very close ties to the white Sox. Um, He's also played at uh, Mount Carmel high school. And of course the Jackie Robinson West little league, uh, the infamous Jackie Robinson West Little League. The kids didn't cheat, but the parents did. Uh, kind of re- redistricting to get an all-star team to help their chances. Um, nothing against Ed Howard, though. He is, from all the interviews, all the 
all the, you know, everything people have said and everything I've seen, he, he looks like the face, he could be the face of a franchise, just a, just a really, really good, good guy. Um, really, I mean, for such a young kid, he's, he's very comfortable with the media. Um, it's just, it's really cool, really cool story. He said all along that he'd love to play, you know, in the city of Chicago and he got to do that. And I just didn't, I was pretty confident from, you know, even after you and I talked, I thought, I thought the White Sox would go after him. Um, you know, shortstop, he's years away, obviously. I think he's 18 right now. So it's he, not like he's going to be stepping into the, stepping into the majors anytime soon. But um, I don't know. I, I think, I think um, Theo's always had the philosophy that you can't have too many shortstops in your system. And we've seen that play out over time. Um because they're the they're the most athletic players, you can move them around. You know they have the, the more much more capability to be moved around. Um, we've seen that with Addison Russell and uh, Javi Baez, of course. Well, Javi Baez has played third, he's played second, he's played short. You know that that's that's worked out very well for yes for the Cubs. Addison Russell, not so much, player. but um, the philosophy I, I love going after shortstops because you can plug them in anywhere and. Ed Howard, everything about him is seems super cool. So, really fired up about that. Yeah, I'm happy, that, I'm happy. I'm happy staying in Chicago. Yeah, the coolest thing about that going forward is at least we have something on the Cubs side where we could hang it over the Sox head that in the future, if he ends up being an All Star, we can say, "Hey, you guys could have had him. You let him go right through your system and gave him right to us." Uh, considering we're going to have to right. hear that. We let him go for our all-star all, all starting pitcher. Terrible, <laughs> terrible move. Considering we've heard the opposite from Sox fans about Dylan Cease and Eloy Menez that we're going to hear for decades to come. That's a little frustrating, so it'll be nice to have something throw back in your fucking faces if we can. So, rooting for Ed Howard on many levels. Get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Uh, not a whole lot else interesting about the Cubs draft. I didn't get too deep into it. I, I missed parts of it last night. But the, the one thing, um, the biggest takeaway I got from the rest of their draft was the Luke Little throwing 105 miles an hour. Uh, the social media sensation picked him up in the fourth round, I believe. Um, I mean, this is such a weird draft. We're, we live in a bizarre world right now. Um, due to many factors, but obviously the COVID-19. Um, social media has been a big, a much, you know, not that it was a small part of, you know, draft preparation, stuff like that, but it's become so much more met, uh, just way more prevalent and way more important. And you see players posting their own stuff all over the place. And somehow, you know, miles per hour is what really, really gives people their jollies. Um, I, I don't know how much of that is real and how much is bullshit. You know, he was pitching indoors um, on an artificial mound. You know, is it a hot gun? You know, there's how do you how do you quantify any of this stuff? But I mean, I guess throwing 105 is better than not throwing 105. So uh, that they that they took a took him in the fourth round, I think, speaks to you know it's it's a high pick, but it's not like their first or second round pick. They, they waste, they, you know, yeah. speculated on a guy based on social media posts. I'm sure they've done more research than that, but that's why he was definitely in the, in the media's eye. 105 is eye popping. So 
Hopefully it's it real. Uh, Burl Caraway was the guy that uh, MLB.com picked as your your gem. Because he's Car- supposed yeah. to be the first. He's supposed to be the first pitcher out of anyone in this draft class to reach the majors. That's they have yeah. projected like because he's he's a I guess he's a pure reliever. So there's no question like what they're going to do with them. Yeah. So, so they, 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 they did a, I don't know if you saw it this morning, they put out a list of the 30 like gems of the draft. Uh, so each team got one gem and that was their pick for the Cubs. Nice. Um, so he Burl, features. Burl Caraway. That, Burl Caraway. He's, he's from 40s radio. Um, yeah. So his nickname would be Burley. <laughs> That's really confusing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, Caraway is a little too much. <laughs> Caraway. Yeah, 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 All right. So All right. yeah, I think that's so enough draft, draft talk. Okay. <laughs> and our expert, our expert <laughs> opinions. Um, moving on to the the, the biggest uh, topic covered here over the last the topic four, du jour. The topic du jour is billionaires versus millionaires. The and, shit show. Um, the shit show coming soon to a uh, as a video game where you can play both sides and see who can fuck it up more. Um, so yeah, um, where the hell are we at now? I, I've, I've here's where out. we're at. The, the real talk that is starting to, to trickle down now is that Manfred's going to use his autonomy and there's going to be a 48 game season with no well, expanded playoff. I heard, I heard that is the, that is the bottom I mean, that's line. The, that's the worst that, case scenario, but that yes. will happen. That, that yes. if, if nothing so there else happens, there will yeah. be baseball folks. I guess that's the biggest takeaway. There, there's a hundred percent chance of baseball, unless of course yes. COVID nineteen goes crazy again, which is well. That's scary. something we need to talk about in a in a, in a minute, but we can get that yeah. towards the end of it. So, where do the, the the players last I heard left off at like an offer of eighty nine games, yes. and full prorated pay? They've never backed off the full prorated pay, which is right. I think legit. We've said this all along. If you're if you're going to be out there, you should get paid for it. Um. So they've come down to their number of games from 114 to 89. The the owners, on the other hand, have just sort of given the same offer over and over again, just kind of packaged differently. Um, Is that just 75% of pay, right? Isn't that yeah, what you're now? It was going to be a 76-game season at 75% prorated pay, which – I mean, it's not quite apples and oranges, but are not quite apples and apples. But the way it's calculated out is that would be a hundred percent prorated pay if they played fifty-seven games. <laughs> so I guess they've I guess they've gone from fifty games to fifty-seven games, but essentially they keep giving the players the same offer. I heard the I heard the analogy like the players ask for a steak, and the owners offer them a hamburger. Then the players said, well, we want a little bit smaller steak. And the owners came back with a hamburger cut in half. And then, <laughs> then they offered a little bit smaller steak, and then the owners came back with a, a hamburger cut into quarters. It's just the same thing over and over again, just packaged a little bit differently. Um, I guess you could say they are coming up from 50 or 48 games to 50 games, up to 57 games, but you know, do they think do they think the players are stupid? You know, we you keep offering the same thing. You're just changing the math a little bit. Like, 
we can all do the math. We've figured this out. It's not difficult. So they, I still think, you know, they've kind of, you know, through, through Manfred's thrown his weight around saying, you know, there will be a mandated 48 game season one way or the other as the worst case scenario. You know, that's kind of, that's definitely a bargaining chip to throw out there, but the players can keep fighting for more games. And the, obviously the fans are fighting for more games, you know, Oh, I, I, I've been thinking about this. Like, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Like, 48 just immediately sounds ridiculous to me. 48 games for baseball. I mean, think about what that season is. Of course, I'll take anything I can get. But, you know, 82 sounded perfect to me in such a bizarre world yeah, we live in. No, 82 seemed 82, reasonable. 82 seemed to make sense. You get half well, what's, well, I guess what's the number then? Throw throw out throw out salaries, throw out all the all the money bullshit. What what? As a fan, like, what would your number of games, what would the least number of games be satisfying to you? And I, I don't know. It's hard to put a number on, but well, I don't it's, just, know. it's just strange I, that obviously 48 is not, does, sounds terrible to everybody. 82 sounds reasonable to everybody, but what would be the happy medium? Uh, I don't even know because, like, I'm, I'm just so want baseball to come back. I yeah. almost, outside of it being something stupid, like it's a three week season, then we go into the playoffs. I mean, but we're only looking at 48 games. That's what, and that's not even, it's what, that's a seven week season. Yeah. So that's, that's where it gets like, I just, I just think you automatically bristle at 48, but the more you think about it, that, that's why I want to, that's why I pose the question that in that way, um, what is a reasonable number? Like 82 sounds good to 70 sound good. 70 sounds good to me. Yeah. Six, 60, I guess is where it starts to get, you know, a little too small. But when you get down to it, like you just said, we're going to be happy. I mean, this sucks, but we are going to be happy with 48 games if that's all we can get. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I, just, I think at the initial reaction, and I think a lot, you know, the players are going to be pissed off about it, and the fans obviously are getting less product. But the more, the more you get into it, I, I think I think we're going to be okay if we have well, some baseball. I think the other caveat to that, the the Manfred autonomy like rule is the playoffs are 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 normal though. We've had all this yeah. hype about the expanded playoffs, which we all thought was pretty cool, and now we're gonna go back to just the normal playoff format in a forty-eight game season. So we were gonna we went from the most optimized baseball possible. I felt like at eighty-two games with an expanded playoff to what is going to be 48 games, possibly 48 games and a shortened playoff, yeah. which doesn't know, which it doesn't like the, we really are now. And, and now if that, if that does happen, I mean, I feel like we're really at risk. We're already risking the 2021 season uh, with negotiations between the players and the owners with how this has gone. Yeah. But I kind of feel though, to your point, uh, you said it earlier, if a player's looking at this and says the game, the season, the the season's only going to be forty eight games is one hundred percent prorated, it's almost like Manford's like pushing them to make a deal because even the yeah, owners' absolutely. deal, the owners' deal is better than this. The outcome right. of this, the players yeah. make more money with the owners' deal than they do with this. Yeah, so that's definitely leverage. You know, he's threw that out there as leverage for these negotiations, but it was also to throw, he threw that out there the day of the first round of the draft to have some good press at least saying there yeah. will be 100% chance of baseball. 
Um, so it was a, it, it served a couple purposes, but yeah, definitely. But I, I think the, the, so, uh, I, I just touched upon this for a second. Uh, you know, players health was something that was, uh, we probably talked about the first couple weeks of this thing before yeah. the, the money negotiations got in. And while all this has been occurring, the state of Arizona had, has had a 211% COVID-19 case increase. Well, Ian Ian Happ went on a road trip to get the fuck out of there last week. I don't know if you saw that. People are kind of speculating that there was, there was, you know, that meant there was some news that baseball is starting up soon. That he was coming back to Chicago. He was just doing a, just a live, live vlog on driving back with his roommate, uh, another Cub prospect i forget his name but um but yeah maybe he was getting the fuck out of arizona because the numbers are, are turning turning bad there heard similar yeah, so, things about texas and yep. florida which are it's funny i mean ironically enough those are the potential biodome places that mlb was speculating that they could have like the hub system those three states were at the time looking like you know the healthiest places now they're not so much so it's, it's yeah, just and- fucked up it's just a question of what that does for the the start of what would be spring the shortened spring training then yeah what what does that look like so a lot a lot of uh that 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 issue probably is gonna come back around now even if they do reach or if or when they do reach an agreement then then the question is gonna be you know what what is the player's health situation look like again so there's a there's a few when we look i felt like we were out of the woods on that one Um, it's it's come back around unfortunately so um so yeah i guess we'll uh hopefully every week week we do the show towards the end of the week every week i feel like we're going to come on and be like here's our thoughts on this upcoming baseball season but yeah no such luck yet but um let's 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 change gears here i'm sick of being debbie downer let's talk about some fun shit um if you don't mind uh i want to debut a new segment that you just named just before the show which i love shit we couldn't make up oh you guys like to tell jokes and giggle and kid around huh what have we got here a fucking comedian (laughs) for a sturkey cemetery come to the coast we get together have a few laughs Just a little, little up, guys. It yeah, is real. Just little funny stories around baseball that I that probably don't deserve their own segments on our show, but just thought were funny enough to mention. Um, we're reporting. We're by the way, a little little disclaimer. We're reporting facts here, so we apologize if we offend anyone with the facts we're about to report. Okay, and more on that later. <laughs> well, go ahead. Okay, well, I'm not apologizing for anything, so fuck you. <laughs> Um, the first first tidbit I want to bring up was uh, I don't know if you saw uh, the story about Angel Hernandez, oh, man. Uh, that guy, infamous umpire, oh, uh, terrible he, behind the plate. Fans hate him. He's been voted by the players as the worst umpire in baseball many times in anonymous surveys. Um, just by all rights, a terrible umpire is just I don't know how he continues to have a job. But he goes in the news this week. Uh, being accused, or I don't know if he was proven to be. There, there's a he said, she said in the story. Okay. But go ahead. Well, he there was a investigation into a terrible fuck up by him last year at uh, I think it was a Rays Red Sox game where 
there was a lineup discrepancy and Angel Hernandez didn't know the, didn't know the rule or misinterpreted it and baseball was having to investigate why there was a 20 minute delay in the middle of the fucking game last year where yeah. he couldn't figure out what the hell was happening with, with the Rays lineup. And I think what it turned out is the Rays didn't do anything wrong. They were just using a, an obscure rule where they brought in a relief pitcher and then moved him to like left field Yep, and then moved him back to relief pitching. And then, uh, Alex Cora from the Red Sox, formerly of the Red Sox, got all pissed off and thought his batting order, thought the Rays' batting order was fucked up. And Angel, Angel couldn't figure out what the hell was going on for 20 minutes. So there was an investigation into that. So that's funny enough on itself that he's incompetent to the level where baseball was investigating him uh, this past week. Well, there was a hearing about that, and you know, witnesses were called via telephone, obviously, because we can't meet face to face because of the pandemic. So they interviewed Angel on the phone. And apparently he did not hang up the phone after his interview was concluded. While a fellow umpire, um, what, Ed, Ed Hitchcock, Ed Hitchcock, yeah. Yeah, knows, Hitchcock I think. John Cocktoson. John um, Cocktoson. He... Uh, a uh, fellow umpire was going to give his gonna be a witness and give his account of what happened. And apparently Angel Hernandez was so paranoid that he stayed on the phone to eavesdrop on this conversation illegally, or I don't know if it's illegal or what, what the grievance is, but it's just fucking hilarious that this guy is such a shit show that he had to eavesdrop. I saw uh, the best summed it up perfectly. It was a, uh, uh, the, one of the best follows on Twitter. I don't know if you follow Super 70 Sports. Um, he said, uh, only Angel Hernandez could fuck up being an umpire in 2020. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, Angel's uh, lawyer says that because he needs a lawyer, I guess. So that must be illegal. Uh, his lawyer said that um, he was invited to stay on the phone. So. Okay. We'll see how that goes. Funny, quick little funny, uh, as you were commenting earlier, how bad Angel Hernandez is. Angel Hernandez is so bad that when my son, who is nine years old, is playing MLB The Show 2020, and there's a, he thinks there's a bad call, he says, that must be Angel Hernandez. <laughs> he literally does say that. So that, that if that's not proof of how terrible he is, a nine-year-old kid knows how shitty Angel Hernandez is. Oh, I, I missed the biggest part. This is a grievance filed by Hernandez, actually. Um, he, he's claiming discrimination on MLB's well, part. No, he's so that he they didn't. That they, yeah, he filed a discrimination grievance. He believes this is an attack of that grievance. Right, right. But the, the idea that he filed a grievance that he's not getting the prime, he, like he's saying he, MLB yeah, he doesn't get the wasn't giving games. him World Series games or prime games. So he thinks he's being discriminated against. Well, that forced MLB to basically line list in their argument all the things he's fucked up over the years, which I just think is hilarious. Joe Torre was going going through the list of everything that it's, that he screwed up, and that's where this this conversation started about about this specific incident and that he eavesdropped on. So, just what a, what a disaster! Like, how can how can that guy not get fired? Like, how do yeah. umpires? Maybe that's a bigger issue we could bring up. At some oh, point that, yeah. That, I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's enough accountability. Yeah, there's not enough accountability on umpires. Um, but they did. I, I, the article I read said that he did get stripped, though, of any. He, he, he now has, because of this screw up with the Red Sox, has been stripped of all 
like prime games or something like that. He should be. So, so. yeah. Well, that's just yeah. some sh- that's just some shit we couldn't make up. Um, some more would be uh, the internet sensation that Anthony Rizzo has been over the last couple weeks, uh, showing his robust Riz. workouts. I think he, I'm yes. assuming he's down at home in Florida. Um, shirtless, his shirtless workouts uh, showing off the 25 pounds that he's lost. Um, but apparently it wasn't very impressive to his own president and GM, Theo Epstein, uh, who was on some show on Marquee Network that nobody gets. Um, <laughs> but uh, Theo, Theo was, uh, you know, the question was brought up, oh, what do you think about Rizzo losing the 25 pounds? Like, yeah, I guess he has, but Riz is the only guy that could lose 25 pounds and still have a gut and love handles, which yeah, I thought man. was fucking hilarious. That, like, I honestly thought the same thing. Like, just being a dick. Uh, you see him running, he's like, oh, he's still got a gut. You can tell he's lost yeah. weight. I mean, he's, 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 good, he's, just but, a, but he's just a thick dude. I mean, that's just how he is. So, he's just but a guy, I just, man. He's just a normal dude who plays, he plays baseball. He happens to be a base, a really good baseball player, you know? But, and, uh, but to have, have your president GM, Theo Epstein, come out and say that on, on a TV show is just fucking hilarious. So I, I, I thought I, it was, yeah, I was dying. I think that speaks to their fantastic relationship. I don't think it there's does. any, there's no bad blood or anything. No, no bad blood. You just fucking laugh at it. So, yeah. I think Love that's, that. a, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta figure if this guy's power in multiple bona beef sandwiches it's red sauce and cheddar cheese per week the red gonna... sauce maybe the red sauce is what put him over the top well yeah there's a lot of sugar in that sauce i'm sure yeah that's it's it's directly to the ruins the, the fucking sandwich to begin with but <laughs> we won't go there uh, but that's already been expressed the uh, speaking uh, of red the red. yeah the last the last shit we couldn't make up this week that I ran across was once again, an owner shooting his mouth off where they shouldn't be talking at all. But what they are saying is just absolutely ludicrous. Uh, Rickett said something similar last week that we tore apart this week. It happens to be the famed Bill DeWitt owner of the St. Louis Cardinals said the exact same thing. Uh, The predictable, the quote was baseball isn't very profitable or it isn't as profitable as people think. And it's just like, are you really seriously trying to create sympathy? <laughs> no one is having sympathy for any owner, let alone Bill DeWitt, you know, let alone Tom Ricketts. Bill DeWitt specifically purchased the Cardinals uh, maybe 20 years ago. I don't know when it was, but the purchase price was right around $200 million. He purchased parking lots around you know, other, other, other properties at the same time. But uh, $200 million was his investment. The Cardinals are now worth $2.2 billion. Billion. And he is saying that baseball is not very profitable. I mean, you could say, again, we could talk about liquidity versus you know the value of an asset. But <laughs> the bottom line is just shut the fuck up. Like, it, nobody cares. You're gaining no sympathy from anybody. You're not gaining any leverage in the press from the fans. What, what's the point? Just stop talking. Please stop talking. Yeah. It's, uh, so that's all I've got nothing, for that segment. Nothing, like? to add, nothing to add there. Yeah. Did, did you is. like that? Shit we couldn't make up? Let's. Shit, think, yeah, shit we couldn't make up, guys. I think, we should, I think we should keep doing this. I liked it. Um, um, the next big item I want to talk about is the upcoming 30 for 30 this Sunday night uh, documentary, Long Gone Summer, about the famous race to the 
home run, single season home run championship with Sammy Sosa, the infamous Sammy Sosa, and the infamous Mark McGuire. Um, I don't know, Jeff. You you missed the. It sounds like you missed the trailer. I, yeah, I didn't I've see the trailer, but uh, you know, it was it was really. I mean, I, I I hope the thirty for thirty covers the fact that this was what kind of revitalized baseball. It absolutely does, and that's, yeah. that's why it's a documentary. Um, I think what I've read, um, the part they don't go nearly as deep into is. That they're all on fucking steroids. That what a, what a you know what a how it marred the sport in such a devastating way. How it's how it's fucked up those hallowed records, the home run you know and power records that yeah. just they're meaningless now. And how that how that was the the beginning of that. Um, I mean, we could debate whether or not they're totally meaningless, but well, yeah, yeah. But right. I mean, MLB. We we all know. Like if you if you there there there's two things I always take away from that time. One. Everyone said these guys must be on steroids. Then when it was announced they were on steroids, everyone cried foul. And I never understood that. We all knew. Everybody knew. But then when it was official, then it was such a big deal. I don't think we knew. I think we were, I think we were all hope, hoping that it wasn't real because that, this was before the Andro story broke. You know, there were no stories. Oh, there, yeah, were, there, there were no stories. There were rumors. Could, there was yeah, speculation. And, and there was no rule in baseball that said you couldn't do it. So, right. like, but but at the same no time, rules I, were broken, and they well, did what on, they though. did. Yeah, go I think ahead. You're, I think you're looking at this from from you know hindsight. Uh, you know, we we are obviously cynical and been proven right, but I don't I don't think I don't remember it that way. I don't remember. I it. do. I, I don't remember. Well, you've hated Sosa from day one, but, uh, no, but you, I'm a Barry Bonds fan. And I well, and you used to have like a McGuire jersey. On, yeah. Well, McGuire's a great. I love. I love home run hitters. What can I say? Got oh. a soft spot. I had a Bagwell jersey too. Yeah. Yeah. You, McGuire, you, got, you had I got the Royce, I had the Royce collection. <laughs> you do. You should hang that up someplace. No, um, I got since sold those off, but I don't know. I can tell you a little bit about where I came from on this, because. Um, you know, I, I was, you know, the Tigers won the World Series in 84 when I was 11. You know, that was awesome. But honestly, I wasn't the biggest baseball fan beyond that in my teenage years. You know, in high school, I was way more into skateboarding and punk rock than I was sports. Um, and in college, I was way more into beer and girls, basically. not I don't remember watching sports other than maybe the Red Wings um, through my time in college. So, I you know... The one thing I, I do recall, like in 89 was my first trip to Wrigley Field. I have an aunt and uncle that lived here, still live in Chicago. Um, and we came to visit them. And that was, I went to Wrigley, uh, I forget who they were actually playing, but we were down the first baseline in the upper deck. And it was the first stadium outside of Tiger Stadium that I'd ever been to. So, you know, Wrigley and the Cubs had made an impression on me just because that, you know, I had never, never been to another stadium before, but the city of Chicago was really what made an impression on me when I was 16. I think from that day, from that day forward, I knew I was not going to be spending the rest of my life in mid Michigan. I was going to be moving to Chicago and I happened to accomplish that goal right after college in 1997. I moved here three months after I graduated, still not really paying attention to sports all that much, but obviously Chicago is such a ridiculous 
ridiculously awesome sports town and a ridiculously awesome baseball town. It wasn't hard to get back into baseball. And I already had that little bit of connection with the Cubs. And that, that's, that's why I'm a Cubs fan. I've also always lived on the north side here. So it just made sense for a lot of reasons. But I didn't really get into, you know, I went to a one Cubs game, I think, in 97. And then um, didn't really, you know, it, didn't, it was cool, but it didn't really capture my heart until literally this Sosa McGuire race. And I honestly have to credit Sosa McGuire for getting me back to, into baseball. The way, and, you know, I don't think I would be necessarily doing a baseball blog on a Friday morning right now. Uh, if that hadn't occurred, I don't, I don't know that it would be a baseball fan. So honestly, I have to credit that for my baseball fandom. And I'm, you know, eternally grateful because I fucking love baseball. And the problem is it's just, it feels so fraudulent, so tainted. So it just feels gross to me that that's what got me into it. And it was, it was bullshit. It was a, it was a ton of fun. It was a fucking blast. You know, every night, you know, did, I was interested in if so, you know, the whole world was interested in if Sosa hit one or if he didn't, did Maguire hit one? You know, it's just like, it was just, it was a fucking blast to go through. So I don't think I had the same cynicism. You know, you, you, you've been a base, a hardcore baseball fan your entire life for I'm 20 plus years. So I could see why you might, you were probably more connected to it and maybe more tuned into the, the steroid side of it, the, the cynical side of it. But I, I was not at the time. And I don't think, I don't think most people were. Um, you know, a lot of people got out of being interested in baseball after 94, after the strike. And obviously this is, this is what's been, you know, besides the Cal Ripken streak, this is the other giant event that brought, brought the hordes back to baseball, brought popularity back to baseball. And I'm, I'm part of that group. Um, so I don't think there was necessarily the cynicism from the masses that, that you have as a, as a hardcore fan. So I guess that's just my perspective on it. Yeah, a funny, funny story, uh, Smitty. I've lived in Chicago my entire life, and you went to Wrigley Field one year before I went there. The first wow, time. nice hardcore White Sox fan, folks. Yeah. Stepped foot into Wrigley in 1990, sat behind well, a post. Actually, you you're probably one of the few White Sox fans that have ever actually gone to Wrigley. There's the, there's a but, high percentage that refused to ever set foot in that in that. Yes, place, that so. is that is true. That I is am true, proud but, of it. But I, sat, I sat behind a post and looked at my girlfriend's parents and said, why do you people come to this park? <laughs> I love that they put you behind the post. That's just funny. Well, no, we were all behind like a fucking post because we were up in the 200s. But, you know, I was... I was a, I was, a, I was not as cub loving as I am now. So you know, yeah. it was, it was what it was. But uh, yeah, for for those of us who you know, like, and like I said, I I credit it with bringing people back to the sport and revitalizing the sport. But those who have been following baseball and watched it, been watching the careers of a beanpole Mark McGuire hit forty nine home runs and then suddenly overnight from one season to the next, that was the thing they. It wasn't, it wasn't a gradual muscular build process. It wasn't like what we look at Rizzo with his one pack and gut and glove <laughs> handles, but, but still looking healthier than, than, than he has in better shape than he has. There wasn't a gradual process for, for people who were following baseball. It was, yeah. you went to sleep and the next morning you woke up and it was like, what the hell happened to well, these guys? And Sosa is another perfect example of that. You know, you see him when he prior to being traded to the traded to the Cubs. You see his old White Sox pictures, and he's he's nothing 
Yeah. You know, his physique is not going to be you know remarkable in any way. And he certainly was by the time he was hitting those home runs. So yeah, obviously yeah. something changed. So, but I, I guess, don't have, I don't have, I just don't have that, that, um, and I never have, I never have had a anger. Like I was lied to by the steroids guys. Um, I've never had this, because it was, it wasn't again, and and for me it was because it was to me black and white. There wasn't a rule that said you couldn't do it, and then they they made it into a into a story of purifying baseball and how does this affect the records? And and one thing that that helped my attitude towards it was Mike Schmidt, who Mike Schmidt said, "Yeah, you've mentioned there, it before. Though. Yeah, if, if if there were steroids available to me, I would have taken them. Yeah, because because you do whatever you can to get the most money. This is your living." do whatever you can to make the most money and, 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 and perform at your highest level. So, well, and uh, I have a feeling he's just more honest than most about yeah. that. So. so, I mean, I mean, and I get it. I also get the other side. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, tell someone you don't have the right to feel that way. Cause I get it. But for me, I guess, for me, it was always like they did what they did. And I, honestly, uh, you know, uh, baseball's entertainment and, they boy did did the home run era entertain the shit out of people and i I love a well-pitched ball game as well as uh as well as a as well as well as a multi-home run game uh (laughs) uh, but you know i i like all aspects of baseball but i i mean come on we wouldn't have had the chicks dig the long ball campaign without (laughs) without without steroids so i just anyway i'm just uh, hoping i guess my take on it yeah i guess i'm we talked about this, but going into this, I'm hoping that it's half of it is about how fucking awesome it was, and half of it is about what a fucking fraud it was. I think, I think that the both 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 sides are equally valid. Um, the, what I've heard though is that it's mainly focusing on how awesome it was, and it kind of glosses over that you know one of the most important parts in my mind is that you know it, the, the whole steroids aspect and how that has changed yeah. changed how people view baseball overall. So. There, yeah, there, so it'll be. It'll I, be. I'm I, really I looking forward to it. Regardless, I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, I'm not totally familiar with all the 30 on 30s, but I'd imagine there must be a 30 on 30 though already that covers no. the steroid scandal of baseball. Uh, that's a good question. I wonder if they. I'm sure they did a bonds. They must have done a bonds one. Um, yeah, I mean there must be something to, with with with. Uh, yeah, I mean so maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll, we want, should we should look that up and do a review of all those next week. Uh, I don't know if I'd be able to find the time. Um, <laughs> oh wait, never mind. <laughs> well, I think I'm ready to jump to oh. a very special oh. asshole so this- of the week. What is your problem, you insensitive asshole? Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Who the fuck is this asshole? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay then. So, this one is quite quite personal. Go ahead. Uh, Tuesday, I believe it was. Now, I received an email. I remember exactly where I was. (laughs) Yeah, I texted you quite quickly after I almost figured out what was happening, but not completely. An email from YouTube.com. Saying that, <laughs> hello, Major League A-holes. <laughs> At least they got it right. Yeah, that's my favorite. 
your account has been terminated. Uh, look at do you know check out our community guidelines. There's a link to their community guidelines, and then if you'd like to appeal, click here. And that was basically the extent of the email. No real explanation other than we were done. We violated. I mean, all of their guidelines. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. They're, they have a giant list of guidelines. They didn't say what we did. Um, and uh, that I could appeal. And so I guess I, I, I should have started this out by, I really, I kind of want to thank YouTube. I want to thank YouTube. Um, I, I've always viewed Major League A-holes as kind of uh, looking at baseball through a angry punk rock uh, kind of sensibility where, you know, we don't give a shit about what anybody thinks. I kind of want to have a different, different angry view of things. Um, irreverent, just, I guess, baseball Satirical. plus, yeah, baseball plus punk rock and just doing it on our own, doing whatever the fuck we want. And that, that's kind of what I've always positioned in my mind, at least, or a rock and roll. Um, so in a way, YouTube has given us a little bit of punk rock credibility being kicked off a major social media site. Um, I guess if, we, if we're not doing our jobs, in my mind, if we're not causing some issues with people somehow. So thank you, YouTube. You kicked us off your fucking platform. What I'm not happy about in any way or can't figure out is what the what? fuck we did. Tell, tell me what we did. I um, filed the appeal, of course. And I've learned subsequently that could take up to two weeks to hear back. Um, took about and, two minutes, right? Yeah, well, it took about, I got, I think it was Tuesday evening. I got maybe five or six hours later, I got the reply to my appeal was, we are, up, we are upholding our original decision. Click on our guidelines and that's it. There was no other appeal process. There was no other explanation what, what guideline, what community guidelines we broke. Um, one clue I got, and you have to be, you have to look very carefully to find these things out, is I did go back to our page to see what people were seeing, which was just like a, you know, a sad face crossed out for our icon. And then one message, I thought that it said, uh, this channel is, has been terminated due to spam, false advertising, and or one other thing. And I don't remember what that was. And it's just said it was terminated, which is similar to what the, the message I got directly from them. But it didn't say anything about spam or um, false advertising. Like, we're, we're not advertising. We're not spammers. So I, I don't even know what that is. So, what, what you know, we're, what, what is their definition of spam? Like, I've, I've put up 181 videos over the six months that we've been on YouTube. Is that too many? Did they have a limit? I, I wasn't supposed to go over like I don't I don't know you know I read subsequently there's also a they have a ironically enough a three strike system to channels if they violate a you know terms of the agreement um, you get a warning you get a second warning and a third warning and in my we appeal no yeah in my appeal I said I, we haven't received a strike I'm not sure exactly what we've done I'd be happy to take down any content that violates your vague guidelines here i'd be happy to and that wasn't good enough in, in their mind uh we're just gone 
Um, so I'm still baffled at, at what, what was done. There's no fucking way that we were, we could be considered spammers. You know, we had 30, we had 30 subscribers. So we have 30 was, subscribers and we don't even use the YouTube format to email or no. we, we create no spam content whatsoever. So whatever i um we all know we all know who really did this to well us. i do ha i have two theories actually and one starts with the false advertising <laughs> angle which is hilarious in my mind um what, what do we advertise or what category are we in on youtube <laughs> well here's here's my theory i did see a recent post a recent comment to one of our older posts uh how to hack the marquee network it was actually our most popular YouTube video by far. People wanted to know how to how to hack into the uh, in the Marquee Network back in February when people thought there was going to be a season, and thought that the Marquee Network was going to be interesting to watch. Um, someone named Cool Hand Luke Skywalker, which sounds great, like, great. What a great hand! I mean, it just great. it just reeks of somebody that lives in his mom's basement, you know, pointing pointing out things. He he literally did comment on that post: false advertising. Period. And then he went on to say, I was looking for, basically, he wanted an offshore link to where Marquee Network, Marquee Network was being broadcast. I'm like, well, if you read the post, it was tongue in cheek. Yeah. You can sort of hack by getting the free subscription to Hulu for a week. Uh, you can watch every game on Reddit. On Reddit, yeah. And he's like, oh, everyone knows about Reddit. So he was literally pissed off that I wasn't giving him a a real way to hack into the marquee network so so let, well let's, i re i replied to him you did on tuesday and within two hours is when this all went down so i, I have a feeling this has something to do with it i told him just go ask your mom for her hulu login she'll give it to you, and you can see you can watch <laughs> it and apparently it potentially cool hand luke did not like this comment and reported us as false advertising which is not true. It's ridiculous. And, um, and for the, I mean, based on on that, that that sounds uh, that sounds like that might might be the reason. So how could I, I, I just want to be clear with YouTube though. YouTube would prefer if we were serious and yeah. we actually told people how to steal a cable channel through uh, a, a pirate type of uh, a system. So I, I think, think, thanks, thanks YouTube. Think, thanks a fucking lot. Yeah. Um, I like the second, I think, I think, I yeah, know I think what your second theory is. Well, I like I think one I'll, better. I'll let you jump into that. I'll, I'll let you espouse our second well, theory. I mean, we, we, you know, we recovered uh, at the, we had the cliffhanger uh, two weeks ago and we came back basically claiming that uh, Twitter loudmouth and social media loudmouth, Trevor Bauer, actually baseball loudmouth in general, yeah, he's, he, he's not quiet, uh, uh, was was indeed banging his agent. And, <laughs> that, was and, a, that was an internet rumor thrown out by Kyle Loesch, but by us. after some investigative reporting, <laughs> there seems to be some legitimacy to it. Yeah. Now Funny. he is very upset. He he has made it clear he's very upset about that um that rumor and he's he not like the fact that that has has been rumored. 
So we initially uh, also believe that he may have, because he was tagged in in the I post. did tag him. I did tag him, but I can't believe he would notice that. But you maybe never he would. That's well, what he does. He trolls the internet. So well, so he he could have been aware of it. the the other The other way I think this might be plausible and it might be blowing smoke up my own ass, thinking that we we could be possibly this important that he would take notice of it. Um, but that's the only way I could think someone with his level of fame, which is infinitely higher than ours. Um, he does have quite a following on, on YouTube. That's his biggest outlet for his blog that we talked about glowingly, by the way, I, I, I said last week that we really, that I actually liked his, his blog. Um, if he did see it and did complain, that would be the only way I could see why we would be canceled in immediately. a matter of minutes. In, yeah, we were canceled immediately. Like like Cool Hand Skywalker, I would feel we should have gotten a warning. Yeah, exactly. That That's why I think it, that was severe, the punishment, um, the potentially if he was. The, the, why I think that is his clout also means money to YouTube. Uh, that's how YouTube works. Uh, we were not nearly to the threshold where we were going to make any money off of YouTube. We're just nope. doing it for fucking fun. It's another yeah. thing that annoys me about this. Uh, Trevor Bauer does it to make a shit ton of money um, through advertising. And subsequently, YouTube makes a lot of money off of his blog and his advertising. The, 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 the views that he gets makes YouTube money. So that's why I think there's a potential that Trevor Bauer actually saw our our vlog, saw Major League A-Holes, didn't like what he saw, and took us out. So I, I almost, I mean, I, I don't know what the likelihood of that is. There is some anecdotal evidence that that could be, but <laughs> that would make the story so awesome if if Trevor Bauer was actually the the master behind mastermind behind taking us off of YouTube. I, I would. It's the story be... I'm sticking to. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I mean, well, I don't, maybe we'll never know. I mean, the, I don't know the, if we'll ever know. the dialogue, my dialogue with YouTube is officially over. Uh, they will, it's my appeal has been heard. So I don't think we'll. We may never get to the bottom of this, but I, I, I guess in my mind, I'd like the idea that we can be anti-Trevor Bauer from here on out. Yes. Um, so we'll, we'll be sure to, we'll be sure to talk about Trevor Bauer in not so glowing terms for the the rest of the history of this blog. Yeah. So, and uh, we'll be sure to, you know, mention like like the I think YouTube uh, acts in a way that is sort of um, anti freedom of speech, and and what I'll say to that is is in the fact that at least give us at least give a, a channel a chance, uh, at least give a channel an extra. Well, tell us what we did. Yeah. Tell us what we did, and 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 if there is. Since they list there's a three strike policy and we did not receive one strike, well, yeah. we did. We the empire struck back and we were struck out. But yeah, um, like the hell of a strike. Like, like like you didn't follow your own rules. Number one, three strike policy. Yeah. We didn't receive that. Two, we you gave us no explanation as to why yeah, you did that. That's that's why it's I'm super pissed. shitty. Well, super shitty. So, whatever. So, Fuck you, YouTube. Fuck YouTube. Um, maybe we'll get that hashtag going on our other mediums. Hashtag fuck YouTube. Um, 
so yeah the, oh no i did youtube I, I did hashtag youtube i did youtube sucks which actually has been you which actually has been used um like a hundred thousand times so wow nice. hashtag youtube sucks. Good movement going. so that's good there you go we're not alone well, we're not alone folks <laughs> on that note you can still find us uh at majorleagueholes.com we're still going to be posting videos of our videos are going to be going to uh, Facebook for the time being. I'm not going to venture out onto another video platform for fear that we'll invest a lot of time and effort into something that can just get wiped out in a matter of moments. Um, we've been on Facebook for over 10 years, been on Twitter for close to 10 years, just got on Instagram, so maybe we'll piss them off somehow, but fuck them. We've had MajorLeagueAholes.com for 10 plus years so that's not going away um yeah, here you go guys here's yeah i did, i ripped off the i took out the youtube icon on that youtube so. is not there you notice we are definitely on spotify we are on apple Podcasts. we're on google Podcasts. everywhere you can find a podcast so check us out there um you got anything else pete yeah i got i got the cliffhanger from last week i don't think we're gonna that's have right. a cliffhanger this week but um i know you guys some people may have not slept this entire week, but the rickshaw, the rickshaw bet. So years ago, Smitty said, you know, Pete, if you ever roll up to the bleachers in a rickshaw, I will buy yourself, buy yourself, by, by myself. I Just will the, buy you. The reason I did that is the ridiculous picture. That yes, he was going to snap it, put it on the, you know, it would have been all on our, on our, on our blog and yeah. everything. So, so, um, my uh, my wife at the time was pregnant with our first baby, and my last hurrah was going to a Friday afternoon bleacher game with Smitty. The best day ever. And I said, well, I'm about to have a baby, so I got to stash as much money as I can in my pocket. This is the time I pull out the rickshaw card, because he's <laughs> going to buy me beer all day. So right. I called the rickshaw company on the phone and said, hey, listen. I, I I give them the whole story and say I don't. <laughs> you need, did. I didn't even know about this part. Yes, yes. I don't need a rickshaw ride from Bucktown to Wrigley. I need a rickshaw ride from the red line. Yeah. To just pull up to the. I'll give you guys twenty bucks just to do that. They're like, <laughs> sir, we can totally accommodate you. I'm gonna get a hold of some of the drivers in the area. You can set up like a general time you're gonna arrive. And I don't will, remember any of this. That's awesome. We will, we will, we will uh, accommodate you. I'm like, I'll give him a twenty dollar tip too. The amount of money I'm going to save that day because of it, it's it's well worth the forty dollar investment. So, I um, get this all set up. Literally, I want to say like twenty minutes later, uh, my wife goes into labor. Yeah. So I text Smitty and say, hey, bad news. I'm not going to be able to make the game today. Yeah. But the, the funniest part of the story is I'm on my way to the hospital and I just keep, my phone just keeps going off. I'm like, who the fuck is calling me? Well, it's a rickshaw company. The rickshaw <laughs> company just kept calling me over and over again while my son Charlie was going to be born. Just kept calling me over and over again about picking me up at the red line to, to fulfill my bet. Finally, I, I, I got a hold of them and said, hey, I'm, I'm not going to be there. Uh, but it was kind of funny that I was going to finally do this portion of the of, of this long running bet for a couple of years um, on this like last hurrah day. And in good news, I, uh, 
I ended up with a with a with a great kid, but it, it just was a yeah. funny little so every, story. Yeah, every time I see Charlie, I just think, well, you ruined our day. <laughs> kid, so thanks a lot, kid. <laughs> Sounds like a White Sox fan. I think you've actually posted a whole story on our blog. Years I may ago, have. Happened. I may uh, have been back then. Yeah, I, I may go um, back and see. I'll find a, find a link to that so people can check that out. What you wrote about it in real time, so. So, great story. Might be the greatest story this blog has ever told. The greatest story ever told on this blog. <laughs> uh, right, anything so else I besides that, that? I think that's it. I think the only cliffhanger would be is if we actually get uh, you know, some sort of YouTube or Trevor Bauer response. So yeah, you know. we'll, we'll keep everyone posted. I actually did yeah. get a few a few uh, questions from our friends or fans or find out what they wanted to know what the hell happened. So we'll yeah, keep, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted. But in the meantime, we're everywhere else except for. YouTube. You do. Maybe we'll never mention them again. S S H O L E. Everybody. Hey.